Archimax login confirmed. Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Hot town, summer in the city. Welcome to the LodgeCast. We are in Hollywood, California on a hot summer's day. I'm your Lodge Master. With me as always is Brother Bishki. Hey. And Brother Lucas in the back. What up? This is it, right? This is the big one? This is the big one. This is the one we've been waiting <laughs> all, not, not only all summer for, but all year for. Yeah, years. <laughs> now, Bishki... I feel like this is the be-all, end-all for you. This is your Star Wars. This, this is, is your well, Lord of this, the Rings. Yeah, the, and I have not felt this way since Force Awakens uh, a few years back. The I, movie is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, Tarantino is back for the ninth <laughs> time, and he, uh, like, I, I've been pretty Manson-obsessed for the last month here. Yeah, what um, have you been doing to prep for this? I've read at least half of Helter Skelter by Vincent Bugliosi, and I listened to the... Um, to the you must remember this podcast of all the Manson stuff. That's and you great. went you went yeah, hiking around good. on the Spawn Ranch yesterday uh, or Friday. I was I was on the Spawn Ranch trespassing and out in uh, Chatsworth, California. Yeah, and uh, I be careful, Bishki. I was just obsessed. I was like, I, I was like you're the third wheel to this tricycle. We can't I was we like, can't lose you. I was like going through the roughage. And, oh, no. and I, I saw some, alone. Well, nobody would have joined me for what I was doing. <laughs> That's true. And, a true ninja uh, works alone. I was getting in the spirit, and I'm so pumped up for the Cinerama Dome screening tonight. We are seeing it in the dome, which, again, the dome is a fickle mistress. It fucks up often. Yeah, when, when I saw the uh, <laughs> the master, Paul Thomas Anderson, the master, the AC No air out. conditioning. There was no I air was conditioning. A, I was at that I screen. Sh- I had to roll my pant legs up. One of the no worst. Joke. One of the worst. We had the infamous uh, Billy, Billy Lynn's halftime half walk. walk. Uh, with the projector cut out halfway. They, they came out and said, we have good news and bad news. The good news is we can restart the movie. The bad news is you have to watch everything again. And it was so bad we walked. Yeah. So. And then the favorite, the speaker the was favorite, buzzing. The favorite, the speaker was buzzing. So. I've already been in the bathrooms. There's no toilet paper. But anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's historic. It's an historic venue. It yes. does feel like a cathedral. Like tonight will be a religious service that we are all be in attendance for. And we have pretty much everybody that's ever been a guest on this podcast will be sitting in our row tonight. Yeah. So And many will be joining us afterwards. Well, Bishki says this. Yeah. We are going to see what happens after this two hour and forty minute film. Yeah. We're gonna see who has the medal, who has the muster to join us afterwards to discuss. So, we've never done a Tarantino on this uh, humble podcast. What do you think, real quick, are your top three faves? I think we talked about, like, in terms of where we thought we 
we kind of uh, said he couldn't top his '90s stuff necessarily, mm-hmm. but we've I've still liked pretty much everything. Sure, um, some more than others. My top now might be Jackie Brown. Yeah, uh, Pulp mm-hmm. Fiction is right there. I mean, Reservoir Dogs. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I th- I, I feel like it's the normal top three is among those the first three yeah (laughs) Um, and then the rest is just kind of explorations yeah i like death proof like kill bill volume two i liked um death proof was the only one i didn't really like but i I, I found i found merit in all the other i like django unchained quite a bit lucas yeah i go with bishke you know my top three probably pulp fiction jackie brown reservoir dogs and for full disclosure uh when i saw reservoir dogs as a teenager on home video it's what inspired me compelled mm-hmm. me to sit down and type my very first ever screenplay yep that'll do it which was a tarantino knockoff called adversaries <laughs> about a bunch of hitmen played by my neighbor friends they were all like 10 and 12 years old beautiful um i kind of fell out of love with him though starting with kill bill i remember getting my hands on the script in college and reading it and being like this is fox force five but like not as good and then when I saw it, I remember volume one, that opening, that cold open where she gets blasted. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then it was just kind of like cartoony or cheesy. Like I just did not appreciate the aesthetic. Or well, let's like... not get lost in the weeds here. So what? So what... yeah, the last movie of his that I liked was the most recent one, The Hateful Eight. Bishke and I saw The Hateful Eight in the 70 millimeter roadshow presentation in Minnesota. Yes. We walked in to a midnight show of a three hour plus or whatever, however long it was filmed. I'm pretty sure it was packed in Minnesota. It was packed. Yeah. There was an intermission. And when we came out, when the film was over... We were in the middle of a blizzard. Yeah. And I, I think it, I almost died on the way home. I did too. It was a snowstorm. It like. linked up perfectly That's with the, the snow. That's yeah. the way to see it. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful way to see it. And so I think my experience of that was painted a bit by just the amazingness of the blizzard. <laughs> yeah, I really dug the score too for Hateful Eight, the but, overture yeah. and but tonight's film in the dome will be also projected in seventy millimeter. So we're seeing it probably in the way that Tarantino would masturbate to. Yes. And, um, and wasn't Sharon Tate murdered like this very weekend, 50 years ago? Uh, or am I wrong about no, that? No, August 9th. He wanted to release it then, but I think the studio <laughs> objected for some reason. Yeah, some, some question of taste, perhaps. Speaking of which, my question is this. It's 2019. Are there going to be any N-bombs? in this film yeah but They're, probably from like racist cops that are in uniform you think so yeah they'll be like act like uh well i mean contemporaneous to the time maybe manson is super racist so okay so he's gonna be i think i think we might hear he'll one. be the outlet for all of tarantino's yeah, needs I mean, with that helter skelter he wants a race war so he that's true and his family i mean i could get into it but i, I won't too much yeah but yeah tarantino I mean, we were going to remake Pulp Fiction when I was in middle school. I did a knockoff of Tarantino knockoff movie script that I started shooting in college. Like, the guy is all over all of our lives. You weren't a filmmaking teen in the 90s if you didn't try to knock him off at least once. If you didn't have a Ziploc bag full of powdered sugar that one of your little dipshit friends (laughs) stuck a knife into and tasted it. I had a briefcase. I went out and bought a briefcase. There you go. See, that separates the wheat from the chaff. I, I mean, guys, let's just do this. Let's enter the dome. And I have no clue who's coming out with us. Love and light, Quentin Tarantino. We should have shotguns for this kind of deal.
touch Oh, it's live, but they think very much Where they happen to be at tonight is Hollywood As I stepped out on my front porch For miles around I see Hollywood the way she was, was Hollywood the way she be As I step back on my back terrace Amongst the pretty leaves on my lemon tree San Fernando Valley way below I'm turning to the east side of Hollywood I'm stopping on the west side of Hollywood I'm stepping to the north side of We are back from the dome, the Thunderdome. We saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hollywood. We had 14 lodgers with us. 14. And we were able to get a small fraction of that, a small coalition of the willing, to come back after the two hour and 40 minute runtime. We have with us Brother Matt. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> And brother Steve. Yeah. Steve, Yo. it's been a it's been a minute. It's it, been it, since it hereditary, has. hasn't yeah. it? Nice. Welcome back. Thank uh you. before we dig into the deep plate of nachos that was this film, Brother Bishke, what's that schnapps? From Rotten Tomatoes. Quentin Tarantino's ninth feature film is a story that takes place in Los Angeles in nineteen sixty nine at the height of hippie Hollywood. <laughs> Two lead characters are Rick Dalton, Leonardo DiCaprio, former star of a Western TV series, and his longtime stunt double, Cliff Booth, Brad Pitt. Both are struggling to make it in a Hollywood they don't recognize anymore. But Rick has a very famous next-door neighbor, dot, 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 Sharon Tate. Ooh. All right. So I feel like this is Tarantino, would you say, at his loosest? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, the story, as it were, I don't think the story is as important as just the vibe and the hangout. It's one of those movies, you know. Devils in the details. Two hours and 40 minutes, the story does not populate all of it. Like, it's a lot of asides, it's a lot of tangents, and I think, as with anything, you have to be in the mood. You just have to be. Could you um, imagine seeing this at like three in the morning? Well, before we before we really dig in, we had an entire row dedicated row, row to, S in the center, dedicated to our gang, our <clears throat> cult, and we all got into position and we were <laughs> one seat short. We were one seat short. So Bishki and there was this weird. There was this couple at the end, and I was like, I swear to God. When I counted the seats, we had 14 seats in a row, and they were all in this row. And this has been Bishke's Herculean endeavor to organize this whole thing. It's going smoothly up until this point. And now he's without a seat, and the time is ticking. And and it's Someone's in S16, so I go over, and Mm -hmm. they show me their ticket, and it says Saturday, July 27th, 7. But I didn't see this, but luckily the usher found this out. 
They bought the tickets for 7 a.m. this morning. This there movie a <laughs> has a 7 a.m. screening. It also has a 3 a.m. screening. They are packing them in. Can you imagine seeing this movie at either 7 a.m. or 3 a.m.? I cannot fathom it. No way. I can't believe, like, 7 a.m.? Like, oh, no my God. No way. But it's also hard to believe that a movie like this nowadays could even have seats available at that time. That's true. You know what I yeah, mean? Like it's true. kind of a big deal. It's it, worth mentioning. It's well, a huge deal. Well, the thing is, I think these people bought the tickets yesterday, so I didn't feel very bad about being like, come on, guys. Right. It's the Cinerama Dome on the opening weekend. <laughs> Get out of my seat and go home. <laughs> I yeah, love it. I, I started. I, I started telling people. I was like, I think someone's gonna get gaudied. Yeah, know? like it yeah. felt like a gaudy situation. Yeah. Like, and when we saw them stand up, they were vanquished, and Bishki was standing tall, triumphant. Looking yeah. Triumphant. We all were so tall. happy. And then the information of what happened just spread down the line like a telephone. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great. So we all settled in. You hit the seat just as the lights went down. Yeah, all was well. So, another disclaimer, and I think this is a big reason why we weren't able to uh, marshal more people back to the Prius tonight, is because with a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies, you don't know what you just saw. We are fresh from the battle, and it has not sunk in. Nothing has sunken in yet. We're ruminating. So, yeah. this, all of these bones are subject to change. Mm -hmm. I mean, wildly. Once, once we see it again, if we do see it again... I'm on record revising bone counts, like, if you go through the past episodes. And we might have an episode in the future where we go back and revise from episodes that we've done. I really want to do that. Yeah. So, tonight, I don't know. We're just riffing. Yeah. Bishki, why don't you why don't you give us your initial impressions since you're the one that was uh, peeing his pants heading into this? Yeah, no, I... Uh, I mean, the detail are insane like the level he went are you a fan of the time period you must be yeah i mean <laughs> if you were spelunking around spawn ranch <laughs> i've been living in the time period in the last month just you know soaking up the details but you know just movies from that time and era like he goes beyond like like the TV shows he's referencing, the music he's referencing, like goes so deep. We are deep in his in his in like, his sixties fetish I'm mind. I'm starting to understand, like the the New Beverly, which is the theater Tarantino owns here, is the programming there is so esoteric and and and, and weird. it's right in this pocket, obscure and, and obscure yeah. stuff. And this movie is really you get that frame. of It mind turns his brain inside out, and you're just sitting in it. You're yeah, just playing exactly. in it. Yeah. And it truly is, like, if that's to your taste, then you're going to be in heaven. If you think that's masturbatory, which it is. There's no, <laughs> there is no way around calling this two-hour and 40-minute runtime masturbatory. That said, yeah, the details, are they enjoyable for you? I, I feel like the two main characters are great. I thought Leo and Brad did amazing work. Especially, yeah. especially Brad, because he's so damn likable in this. Mm-hmm. He should get a spin-off movie. I'd like to see his stuntman adventures, you know? I'd like to see him do more stunt work. When he does that uh, parkour up the side of the house to fix <laughs> yeah. DiCaprio's like, sure antenna. I'm pretty sure that was Brad. It looked great. Yeah, like there were a lot of little touches like that. 
but the the plot i mean what is what is the plot like dicaprio is 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 feeling like he's a has been he's a washed up actor he's struggling with uh, his his mortality as an artist and as a human being and Brad Pitt's just trying to keep him on track all the while the Manson stuff is bubbling in the background we see Charles Manson once that's right <laughs> no just, lines he just sees Sharon which did happen he says he says hey hey ma'am you know but that's about it mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting there's just kind of vignettes there's kind of uh, just sections of the movie where we're just hanging out in a scene from the show he's shooting or exactly. we're, we're hanging out on Spawn Ranch and you just you have to be along for the ride. You can't you can't subscribe to this like it's a movie with a propulsive plot, or you're gonna get so frustrated. Yeah. A series of vignettes is a good way to describe it because for me, like halfway through, I started going, "This sort of feels like a sketch show. This sort of feels <laughs> right. like Portlandia, yes, where we're jumping around from California, yeah, yeah, and." I mean, what did you guys think? Were, were you guys squirming in your seat during some of this? or? Well, I got up to go pee maybe like 30 minutes in or 40 minutes in. Yeah, me too. Because um, I, I, I had a glass of water and two beers and some of Brother Nathan's uh, whiskey soda. Thanks for the full rundown. So, yeah, I was <laughs> cruising at altitude. Um, <laughs> but that being said, I wasn't, like, worried about missing anything. Right. Because, yeah, like you said, I knew at that point. That this is definitely his, his most uh, aimless or plotless. <laughs> and that's usually a problem for you, LT. So how were you yeah. holding up? Not great. Like, I felt bad <laughs> for Brother Zach, who was sitting next to me, because I kept sighing. Oh, and, like, no, you were, at, you were looking infecting. At my, looking at my watch. You were doing the infecting thing. Yeah. You're sucking the joy out of everybody around you. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, The cold you know, pursuit effect. I, yeah, right. I just, like, plot. <laughs> Why do and, you do that? I can't help it, man. Why don't like, you hold it in? Like Stuff once, it down. Once I realize I'm in for this for like almost three hours, like it, in a it, hot I, fucking theater, I, I die. Like I die. Like it's a, it's like a little tiny death. The air conditioner. There's wasn't no working. there's no AC, right? So yeah. I feel like a fool bringing a sweater. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was definitely inert. It had no momentum, which makes it hard to stay focused or engaged. I mean, like when yeah, Brad Pitt's on screen, I perk up and I'm laughing and I'm having a good time. But he was not on screen enough for for. Two two hour forty minutes. Brother yeah. Steve counterpoint, perhaps a counterpoint to that. No, this is definitely the uh, the battle of Leo and Brad for me. Yeah, I just wanted to see these two, my, these my two guys so did together. You, did last. you feel like all the Manson stuff was was impeding on that, or what? It what what was the struggle for you? Uh, no, I was I was along for the ride with uh, uh, Brad and Leo for most of the most of the time, and then when I realized I don't know what, are we wait, we're not spoiler free, are we? We're spoilers centric. Okay, great. Yeah, all about it. <laughs> when I realized that it was going to be one of Quentin's like rewriting history, and mm-hmm. he was going to yeah. get his jollies off on me, and like how dare you kill Sharon Tate? I was like, oh okay, I get, I, I all right, I'm, I'm down. It's fine. Let's let's just do this. So I knew I was going to get my violence. And my Quentin and all that bullshit. So So the whole movie, I mean, it's inevitably leading up to this massacre that everybody knows about. And everything's real doom and gloom. There's, there's a, what's that stone song that they play? You're out of time. Out of time. 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 So subtle. (laughs) (laughs) Did anybody think that it was just going to be a completely violent, brutal reenactment of what actually happened? Yes. Nah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I 
chart chart your progress. I was like, I was always wondering from the inception of this yes. movie. Are we going to see a Quentin How Tarantino reenactment? To stab, 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 Sharon Tate. Like, there's no way right. that he can do this. So I was like, is Bruce Lee going to come in? Right. Bruce like, Lee's an yeah. auxiliary yeah. character in this. Yeah. And he's, you know, he did this with Inglorious Bastards where, right. he, where, where he killed Hitler. And, and he's giving nods to his own movie with Leo's... Uh, Nazi burning past on film. Yeah, so that was the most cringy point for me, to be honest. You didn't like that. I did not like that. Did that? You thought he was uh, giving himself a little wink, but well, I, I just thought it was going back to the Nazi well one too many times. Like you've already done a whole fucking feature about right. murdering Nazis in brutal ways. I don't need to see Leo doing it too. There's something funnier there. You should have right. dug deeper. Well, maybe, maybe I second that absolutely. Right on. Maybe yeah. it's like Robert Zemeckis with Marwin, where he knows that like Nazi shit is coming back into fashion, and they just want to be on record <laughs> in history down. saying, "I took a blowtorch. <laughs> I took a fucking flamethrower." Lodgemaster, don't compare this film to fucking. Marwin. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to compare every movie to Marwin. I can't help it. It's it's the cross I bear. But, yeah, like, I think when the killers were heading up the drive with their knives, I had a turn in my mind, because I knew we had been watching the movie for oh so long. Yeah. I'm like, this is going to wrap up. This movie has had kind of a jaunty comedic tone this whole time. And what what are we to do as a viewer with a completely ridiculously violent slaughter of Sharon Tate and all her friends? I knew it wasn't going to happen. It yeah. couldn't happen. No, it's couldn't. It couldn't happen. But I think I think we're summoning the salad dragon here. The Salad Dragon. A scene in a movie that is so bizarre, baffling, or transcendent that it instantly justifies the price of admission. Or Reese Witherspoon's leafy transformation in A Wrinkle in Time. I think what does occur is quite beautiful. Brad Pitt buys a an acid-soaked cigarette for 50 cents and decides this is the night that he's gonna smoke it, which is beautiful. So he does it, he starts tripping out, he's having trouble feeding his dog, his dog's getting confused, and the killer's moving up the drive, don't go into Sharon Tate's house, no, they go into Brad Pitt's house, or it's actually Leo's house, Brad Pitt's just staying there, and that's where the confrontation happens. And he is tripping out, and I love the restraint of not showing his trip point of view. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Isn't that weird that that never happened? Yeah, yeah. I agree completely. Because I was like, well, if Quentin Tarantino's going to show us an acid POV, it's going to be the acid POV to end all acid POVs. But he didn't. And I kind of like that. You just kind of imagine. And you see see Brad's facial expressions, and they they tell it all. Like, it's so great. And that's what it's like when someone's on acid. You have no idea what's going on inside their head. And, and mm-hmm. the more it's they explain casual. it, the more they explain it to you, the less you know. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, it's like explaining a dream. You're just like, what? What are you talking about? But the confrontation that he has with them, we, we already know. We've seen him fight Bruce Lee. We know he's a skilled fighter. <laughs> and to have them pull the guns and the knives on him, 
Like, you just know shit's about to go down. And it goes down in the most brutal fashion imaginable. It is... It is just like Inglorious Bastards' wish fulfillment. He throws a can of dog food that caves a woman's face in. Yeah. He, bash, he bashes another woman's face into a telephone over and over again until she, her head is just liquefied. The dude killer with the gun, the dog eats his dick. It is just bedlam. It's it's as violent as the as the Tate murder would have been, but it's just on flipped, yeah, flipped on the killers. And this and they save the best for last. Susan Atkins comes out, falls in the pool, and Rick Dalton, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio pulls out his flamethrower that he has in the shed, that he has in the shed, and just torches Susan Atkins to a crisp. And I mean, it's something to see. The, it's. <laughs> It's amazing, but at the end of it, like once once she sinks into the pool, I kind of had the feeling I'm like this has just been a giant trifle. It doesn't seem like there was any ever anything really at stake at all, you know. Yeah. And I don't know how that's going to age. Has, has Tarantino ever had anything to say though? I don't think. So. I mean, I who mean, knows? All of them are sort of like. That's a good well, point. This one especially felt like a fucking carnival dark ride where it was like oh here's this now the cart's gonna move you're gonna get to look at this and right this and this but at the end of it, it there's nothing profound to sort of glean it was it. like the 1969 ride yeah yeah like yeah at exactly. dark disneyland exactly yeah. at tarantino what land. hollywood was like <laughs> yeah. at this time that's it you know yeah uh lt you look a little depressed back there what what did you think of this final showdown yeah i <laughs> Didn't really care by the time we got to the fire. Oh, you were out. I was you were so out. checked out. When did you check out? From officially? like the, like the, oh, the cold open, like the oh, black and no. white. Yeah, yeah. I was what like are you so out about? from like minute. I heard one. you laughing. Yeah, no, like look, I can react. Like I can laugh at bad movies, <laughs> but like I mean, it wasn't enough. Like honestly, right. what's crazy? I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but. I don't think I would have seen the ending had I been alone. I might have walked out of this. What? One. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I think Tarantino's right. It's time for him to hang it up. It's time to retire, Whoa. buddy. Even before he does a Star Trek you, movie? You, you hit the nail on the head. Like, masturbatory is the key word here. But you weren't along for, for the sure. ride. And I and I wasn't really along for the ride, because it just felt like, yeah, just super artificial and glossy and phony and staged and stilted. And, like, it was just like... <laughs> Student feature? No, no. It was just like, <laughs> you know, it was just like... I don't know, like the Rolling Stones playing their greatest hits for the umpteenth time in their mm. like seventies, and you're like, man, like I, I don't think this is as good as when like they were doing it when they were younger. Like this, just I wasn't jamming to this music at all. Interesting. Yeah, I, I echo the, the sen- Lucas's sentiments a little bit. You weren't even sitting by him. No, I know, but <laughs> I just, in terms of the pacing, it's it's downright leisurely. It's, I mean, it is just <laughs> yeah. It is leisurely is too 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 it snappy meanders. a word for it. It yeah, it meanders, quite a bit. and so like, as with the Force Awakens, there's, there's <laughs> naturally, <laughs> naturally, and welcome to Marwin. There's parts where I, where my interest perks up, and there's parts where my interest sure. kind of d- dies down. And I think he would say riding... he would say that's by design. He's like, it's a hangout movie. You you, you, you smoke a bowl, you, you talk with your friends, and then you tune back in. Yeah, just because I've been in so much into Manson, I was more on the Brad Pitt side of it. Sure. When he's picking up. You know, Manson girls and going to Spawn Ranch than I was maybe with Leo's like movie within a movie western that he sure. Did, but. And I think that's where that's where I felt like it started really wandering into the woods of Tarantino's mind when there's a very extended scene 
of Leonardo DiCaprio acting, you know, and and it does have a payoff because he gets his mojo back and he starts he starts believing in himself again. But Jesus, like so long. Like yeah. it's mm-hmm. so long. Mm-hmm. Like I know it's blasphemous to say this feels like a first cut, you know, like before you refine it and and dial it in, but it really does. It feels I think that's fair. It feels like this is this is like a first or second director's cut and he was in love with everything and everybody around him is in love with everything that he's in love with. So there was no way to say let's tighten this shit. The Spawn Ranch sequence which that goes on for like a half which hour. doesn't really have a huge payoff and it takes an hour and 40 minutes to get there. It it is it 15 minutes to get to George Bond, Bruce Dern. Character. It's it's a little <laughs> like it's a little tense as it is, but imagine how tense it could be if you cared to tighten the screws a little bit. But that's not I guess that's not what he's into. He just loves every second of footage that he shot, it feels yeah, like. Every moment of dialogue. And that can that can try on even the most, you know, avid Tarantino fan, I feel. Like, you can't tell me that you were on the edge of your seat smiling bright through that whole Spawn Ranch sequence. I don't know. Like, the, What's the official count on uh, foot fetish shots? Does oh, my God. Yeah, there yeah. was so this much. Is yeah, a lot of Brad foot fetish. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of moccasin <laughs> shots. For, oh, yeah, yeah. for the lack of N-bombs, there were none. No. Yeah. He triple, quadrupled, <laughs> quintupled down with the feet. And wow. those foot shots felt dirtier than if he slam cut to hardcore pornography. <laughs> like, they're so, they're dirty feet. Margaret Roby's dirty feet. They're dirty yeah. feet, and they are pressed against the windshield at times. Yeah. Like, he's getting more aggressive with these feet shots. Yeah. And he's, like, rubbing it in our faces. It's uh, unapologetic. It's sure. unapologetic. And he is lucky as hell that it's not something like Louis C.K. where he likes to, you know, <laughs> masturbate in front of people. Yeah. It's not something like that. It's something it's so he close, keeps though. it at the feet. It's he a can technically hang up for sure. He can technically get away with it, but I was so I had to look away from the screen. <laughs> <laughs> like I, because you know, he's looking at it with a different, with like a fire in his eyes that is just hard to think about. I couldn't look at that shit. And it felt it felt exploitative in the weirdest way, you know. I'm like, Margot, keep your yes, shoes yes, on. Yes, you can act, but let me see your feet. Well, what oh. about your feet? Show me your toes. And then he's got Uma Thurman's daughter in it. I'm uh. like, keep her boots on, like partner. <laughs> like, be careful, man. Oh, uh, what did you guys think about Bruce Lee? Well, that was a that was, was a fantasy, that was a fantasy sequence, right? I mean, was it? He's yeah. on the rooftop thinking about it. And then I thought it was a flashback, like a very long extended. Oh flashback. no 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 yeah. no! You're right. But no, don't that no, but water. but then they you're cut right. back to him because if you think about the tone of the Bruce Lee sequence, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's heightened. Yeah. It's heightened. And they cut him back to the, him on the roof, and he's like, "Nah, 
Okay. So I think it was a fantasy sequence. Sure. I, I, I think it kind of plays out like that because he, him beating up Bruce Lee would, you know, be a fantasy of his. Yeah, that would be. I guess. Yeah. I guess you're and right. And the sort of gung ho Steve McQueenie American character that he is, like, yeah, I'll beat the shit out of Bruce Lee. I yeah, would have liked. Does. You're right. I yeah. would have liked if the entire movie was a fantasy sequence. He was just thinking about on that rooftop. Bridge. What if I smoked an acid dip cigarette <laughs> one can, day and. Uh, Killed all the Manson people. <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. What about Kurt Russell's random narration here and there? Mm. What what so what was mm. that? What was that? Like, what was going on there? Needs work. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, stuntman Mike in general showing up and squaring off against the stuntman in this movie was right. a little, you know, cameo-ish and weird to me. But like, like he, Adam Sandler movie-ish to me. They would just drop him in, like in the early going when when uh, DiCaprio's talking about not driving a car, and it interrupts, and it's like, that's bullshit. He, he gets DUIs or something, and it just cuts into a little... Yeah. It seems so half-hearted that, is that the point? Was he like, I'm just gonna, th- I'm gonna throw, you know, random little swatches of narration because they did it in this obscure like 1965 yeah, Italian yeah. movie. Like, yeah. what is that? Yeah. Does that help no, things? Yeah. Like, no, it felt like an abandoned concept. Like, this is something we're gonna do throughout the film. It's not working. Let's keep the ones we did but, in. But everything else is so deliberate. It just feels so weird. Yeah. I don't know. And then and then it never comes around to like he's giving an interview like Kurt Russell's giving an interview about the past or something like which you know, I wouldn't want to see that either. So <laughs> I don't I don't really know where to go with that. Pacino was in it. Pacino uh, was there okay. looking looking yeah. real interesting. Yeah. Uh, do you think he was drinking real alcohol on set? <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. I mean, Pacino oh. didn't have a lot to do. That was a favor <laughs> to QT. <laughs> I mean, you got Pacino, maybe give him, like, one scene where he's doing something. And there's no but... there's no real resolution with him, no. you know? I did like that when Sharon Tate's watching herself in the movie, they didn't transpose Sharon Tate. Yes. Over uh, Margot Robbie. Yeah. Margot Robbie over. Yes. But they did Forrest Gump. Leonardo DiCaprio into the Great Escape, which is which, crazy, which was weird. Why did they do that? I, I loved know. that. You love that. Maybe because the person he was replacing wasn't a victim of a murder. You know, McQueen died of cancer, so like yeah, that yeah. coupled with just sort of the music cues bringing us into that, the little drops of the orig- the Great Escape score coming in. Like I really, really enjoyed that sequence. But yeah, when they didn't Forrest Gump Sharon Tate or Roby into it. I thought that was a really smart choice, obviously. A respectful choice. It is a respectful choice, but then you're just like, her f- her feet, her bare feet are up in the theater, so who's being, feet. who's being respectful there? <laughs> like, how is that respecting her legacy? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Am, am, I, am I being a prude about this feet thing? Am I off base here? I felt... I, no, honestly, I, I didn't notice the foot thing at all. Really? Yeah. I, I noticed it when the Manson I, girl the had one thing foot's I noticed jammed. Was like, man, yeah, yeah, Brad Pitt has moccasins i get it nope. like i kept cutting it's not, his moccasins it's, no it's not his feet and then i did notice roby's dirty feet those Ro- are the two the dirty feet in the feet. foreground and, and then I'm the manson girls fetish, but... the, the manson girls smushing her feet into into brad pitt's uh windshield in the extreme foreground man yeah I you missed that one my hot dog <laughs> that, that was hot that was a hot dog scene that for was, you yeah 
I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a strange movie. Like I don't I really I really don't know how this is going to settle. You know, with within the within the old movie going psyche. Well let's settle it. Let's settle it. Let's go to them Hollywood bounds. Let's see, let's see, let's see. What do we do here? Brother Steve, you you are the oracle among us. I don't know what you're thinking about. And you 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 came out of nowhere in Hereditary and dropped some science. So I want to know what your bone count is. What, what, what are you thinking about? Well, I will say, as soon as the credits rolled, I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to watch this movie again. <laughs> It's like one I of think, those. I think that was it. And maybe, maybe I'll check it out. I was a huge fan of Hateful Eight, and everybody around me was not down with that. And I ended up I was watching Hateful Eight a lot I was with you after that. that. Um, but this movie, I mean, I, I got to say, I was a sucker for the leading men. I, I just wanted to watch them do some Tarantino dialogue. I wanted to watch Leo. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go two and a half. Two and a half bones from Brother Steve. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Brother Matt. That's me. That's you. Um, like I said earlier, it meanders quite a bit. I mean, two hours and 40 minutes. I honestly think that he could have shaved a solid 40 off of that and mm. made a decent film. <laughs> that be, That's the shittiest thing I could possibly say because, <laughs> like, for me, I haven't really enjoyed a Tarantino movie since Jackie Brown. Whoa. Um, Django Whoa. had its moments. But Django also meandered quite a bit. It's a super self-indulgent film, but it's like a badass playground where some of the best actors of our generation are enjoying themselves. Oh, I uh, like that. Like it's a toy box. I like I, that. I really, really dug it. That is what it is. Um, just in the Tarantino afterglow, <laughs> I give it probably three and a half bones. Whoa! Because oh, again, it's been years since I really enjoyed Tarantino, and Tarantino, because like all of us, like he was one of those guys where I was like, "Holy shit! Oh my right, god! I want right. to make movies now!" You know, like my dad and my mom kicked me out of Pulp Fiction. We were yes. watching it on VHS because of all the f words. Perfect. And then the next morning, my dad snuck into my room and gave me the tape, and he was like, "Hey, you should finish this. It's really good." <laughs> I love you know what it. I mean? like, so for me, it, 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 it's an odd return to form, and also living in Los Angeles. It's Tarantino. It's a huge love letter to this city. It is. So I've got to give it three and a half bones. Sorry love for it. the long... No, no, no. I love it. I love it. All right, Brother Lucas, take the wind out of those sails. <laughs> what do you got? Well, yeah, I, uh, I'm i getting cranky in my old age. And I do become a hothead when you make me watch a long movie. You stayed awake, though. That's hot. Right? It's a hot theater. You were I awake? Were you, were you awake? Of course. You can't of fall, course. You can't fall asleep in those seats. I mean, I tried, but then like my ass falls asleep, and I feel like I'm paralyzed or something. I can't get out of my seat, and there's a fire, and I'll be fucking trampled crawling on the floor. But... <laughs> Yeah, I, I really wish there was more of a plot and like it was shorter and I and I kind of knew like long before I saw the movie that it was going to be a revisionist rewriting of histories like Inglorious Bastards. You knew before. Of course, like of course, like without a doubt. Like 60s Hollywood, like without a doubt. And once and once Margaret Robbie was cast and it, she was announced as Sharon Tate, it was like a done deal, right? So you so I I was thinking that he was going to lead up to it where they're tied up. They're, uh -huh. they're, he's like going by the police report of like what happened. 
and then you know Brad and and Leo hear something or like they right. like, intervene and they, it's like a long extended underground basement bar and glorious bastards scene this movie did not have that scene like not even like i'm the, kind of surprised it didn't go that way even like mm-hmm. the salad dragon at that point i felt was just like unearned or like it just was felt flat like i wasn't enjoying like the brutality even though they deserved it because they are like scumbags and murderers in real life it's just i don't know like it just didn't sit well with me like i didn't it was I, a hollow I, dragon I, I, for you i wasn't on the ride yeah so i was i was checked out i give it one and a half bones Wow. I mean, you just move on after something like that. Brother Bishke? Tarantino, you weirdo. This is, <laughs> this, is, this is like, yeah, this is inside, deep inside Tarantino's mind. Like, I imagined a lot of things as I was studying the Manson family. Yes. And Did all this check out? <laughs> none of what I imagined ended up, ended up on screen, but nevertheless. What did you think was going to happen? I don't know. You just thought something else was going to happen. I just, there's so much interesting shit that goes down with the Manson family. Yeah. That I thought the the story-wise it was going to have more to it. Right. But the production design is off the charts. It is. The cinematography is off the charts. It's restrained in its direction, but it's it's well-directed, and I, I did enjoy almost almost all the performances. Um I'll run. I'll run with two and a half bones. I Whoa. might. I might revisit it at the New Beverly Cinema mm. down the line. You know they'll be playing it every other week. They're going to be playing it forever. Forever. So um, <laughs> it's for movie lovers. He packs in loads of pop culture and movie posters and all his different fetishes around that. He even throws a little jab at the New Beverly while they're getting into the El Coyote. He's like. Showing a porno down there, um, and it, and it's and it's a love letter to L.A. Like I could watch Brad Pitt driving around L.A. for like the There's rest. There's plenty of, my of life. driving yeah. shots. I loved all the driving shots. You could fill a whole DJ great. set just with yeah. driving shots from this yeah. movie. All right, two and a half. Uh, you know what? I I don't uh, like I said I don't know how this is going to settle, and I feel like it, this is reckless of us to even be doing this. It's downright dangerous. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it pretty much throughout, but my ghost editing fingers were just all over some of these scenes, and I, that I cannot, I cannot just ignore that. Like I think a lot of the people that are going to be breathlessly praising this are going to be self-delusional a little bit. I would have totally <laughs> cut out the scene where Sharon Tate talks her way into her own movie in Westwood and then proceeds to watch the movie almost in real time, but not quite, but it's definitely <laughs> like 20, 25 minutes. It's so long. And you're just like, again, like if there were a little more meat to develop with the story, I think all, all of oh, this would... you know what would have been cool is if you had... Right, the... Is this the, a live rewrite? This is a live rewrite. Live rewrite! <laughs> do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! If if you had the ending, the salad, the, the salad dragon of them, you know, Brad Pitt fucking them up as, like, the midpoint, mm. and then Leo's like, God damn, like, who are these motherfuckers? And Brad's like, I know exactly who they yes. are. And then they suit up and go to Spawn yes. And he's like, I'm gonna get my friend back. And yes. at the end, like, they, they get Bruce Dern, and Bruce Dern gets on a horse and is like, now let's kill all the hippies! And he's like, <laughs> And with Helter Skelter over I'm the closing on credits. Fucking bored with that. Lucas, <laughs> Lucas, right. brother, brother, Lucas, 
Your live rewrites have never ceased to amaze and inspire and delight me. Thank you. Even the Pet Cemetery rewrite where the semi truck is now opioids. <laughs> this might be your finest hour. I want to see that movie now. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, Helter really Skelter exciting. over the credits is inspired. Oh, yeah. Lucas. Well, now, did I just lose a half boat <laughs> because I want to see that movie? No, no, no. I'm going to give this three bones. I think that's a safe a safe bet. I enjoyed myself despite the heat of the theater and that stupid, stupid theater. I enjoyed myself. There's just a lot to love. And I think if I did see it again, I would have to be really stoned. Like, I think if you're really stoned, you can get on board with this. Or on acid. Yeah. Or on acid. Like, you get real stoned and then you take a little bit of acid at like the midpoint. Microdose. You, you microdose it. <laughs> You're going to be in good shape, but I'm going to give it three for now, and then if we do a revisit, revisiting episode, we'll see if any, anybody uh, tinkers, tinkers with it. Rest in peace, Luke Perry. Good to see you. Oh, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Luke. Oh, what night. a send-off. Yeah. Wow. So good. R.I.P. Luke. Well, thank you, uh, Brother Steve and Brother Matt, for joining us after that huge endeavor at the Dome. <laughs> It was an event. It, it was, was an event. event. It was yes. an event. The crowd was massive, and it was Hollywood's finest. <laughs> That's right. I'm glad we saw it in the dome, and we'll never have to go back, right? <laughs> Ever. Oh, Ever. No, no. Ever. go to the new bed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, so much light out there and love in the City of Angels. We love you all. Give us, uh, give us reviews on iTunes. We need them. Come on, make us look legit, y'all. Leave us them five stars. <laughs> them SoundCloud comment. None of those one and a half star Lucas reviews. We and need... if anyone sees Jimmy Savile, tell him I'm coming. <laughs> you still got Loquisha beef, folks. Loquisha on my mind. All right. Love and light, everybody. Love and light. Love and light. Love and light. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Lodgecast Podcast. What's up, boys? That's Nicholson. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, I'm just going to say... I think this movie ruled. You know, I've seen some people talk about the pace might not be so great in his last several films. You know, once he lost Sally Manke. But, you know, the pacing of this movie, to me, is perfect. Uh, I saw this movie in a uh, 70 millimeter screening at Cinerama Dome, which was cool because, you know, it got a good applause when the Cinerama Dome was shown in the film. Uh, but you know what I'd say? About two stops, two dark. It was cool seeing it in film for the nostalgia factor, but I just saw it again last night, digitally projected, and it looks stellar. Looks better than the 70 millimeter. So I would say get off your high horse about seeing it in 70 millimeter uh, or 35 millimeter, and go see it in the superior distribution format, which is digital projection. I think this movie has some all-timer sequences. I never thought one of my favorite sequences in a movie would just be two people watching TV and commenting on it. But here we are. Bone count, five bones. Take care. Love you guys. Bye. Tarantino, you weirdo.